0: So, welcome back to Secrets of the Cell. Now, today, I'm i so excited that finally I have with me my good friend, who I adore, Ralph McDaniels here. First and foremost, Ralph, happy belated birthday. I'm so sorry that I missed your birthday, but (laughs) I'm so excited to finally have a chance to interview you. This is going to be amazing. I know. Thank you so much for having me. We talked about this a while ago. Yes. (laughs) And for
1: whatever reason, scheduling and whatever... Um. Well, anyway? It's supposed to happen when it happens.
0: Right. So. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Agreed. That is true. So, um, you know, I want to. For those of you who don't know who Ralph McDaniels Ralph McDaniels is. First of all, everyone needs to know who Ralph is, because <laughs> as you know, as I tell people all the time, Ralph is the pioneer of video music. Uh, video music box was created over thirty years ago.
1: Yeah, thirty six. Oh, th- oh my god. Yeah, well, 37 now. Yeah. Oh,
0: my God. As yeah. I tell people all the time, you were like my babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> Not in a literal sense, but like when I would come home from elementary school, the first thing I ran to was my remote control, eating my chips and my quarter waters yes. to watch video Music Box.
1: Well, that was when, for those who don't know, that's when music videos were a big thing and we all used to watch music videos <laughs> after school. Well, I was the guy that was creating those videos. That's right. And playing them on my show Video Music Box, which was one of the first shows to really showcase the hip hop stuff. Right. You know, MTV was playing rock and roll and stuff. And, you know, there was a big movement coming up, you know, early 80s, late 70s of hip hop. And by that time, they had visuals to go along with the music. And I was the first to get a lot of those because of my friendship with um, Russell Simmons and other people in the music business. I was a DJ first working in clubs. So um, so as those videos began to happen, I was trying to figure out my way. I went to school for film and television, Um trying to figure out my way, you know, and I got access to a camera. I knew how to work the camera. I knew what I wanted to see. And I just wanted to create visuals that were cool to me and my friends. Right. And then um we would link, you know, sync them up with either, you know, like club music or hip hop music or reggae, whatever was going on. I'm from Brooklyn. So we listened to That's that and everything. <laughs> and so that was the beginning of um what would become Video Music Box. That's
0: it. Yeah. So, and this was... But also, you were in, you were working somewhere, and can you share, because I know a little bit about the, your history, mm-hmm. can you share a little bit about how you started to catalog everything and how you started to create Video Music Box?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that was important to me was to get this stuff, you know, out there. Right. You know, how do we get it out there? How It really wasn't how do I get it out there. It was like, how do I become important? You know, I wanted to be somebody, right? You know, because I saw other people doing things, and you know, up to that point, like before I was graduating from school, I was like thinking about sports. I played sports and all these other things, and it was like, well, I don't think that's going to happen. So, what are you going to do? You can't be a bum, you know. (laughs) You know, and my mother wasn't having that. Right. I still lived at home at the time, and I was trying to figure it out, and um, and so, you know, I watched uh, a friend of mine who was the promoter. I was a DJ. And he would hire me to do gigs, Russell Simmons. And Russell Simmons was a promoter. You know, he would have, give parties and, you know, sometimes we would get paid and sometimes we wouldn't. And, you know, it, but, you know, it was that was what it was all about. You right. know, it was we were out there doing something and the DJ became, you know, super important. So I became like this hot DJ in Queens. You right. Know, by that time I had moved to Queens. OK. And um and so I became this hot DJ in the area in Queens. And then was like, okay, everybody's a DJ now, you know, all these guys, you know, guys that I grew up, you know, this is also the beginning of crack era. It's getting a little crazy. You know, a lot of guys are getting locked up. A lot of guys are, you know, on drugs. A lot of guys are selling drugs, you know, and that this is all on my block. These are people that I know, right? you know, and, um, and so there's a lot happening. I'm trying to figure out where do I fit into all of this, and um, at some point, I was, you know, I was in school and Russell, I remember Russell going to um, a record company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he said, you know, I saw him in the city and I was going to pick up some records or something. And he said, yo, Ralphie, come with me to, you know, whatever it was, Polydor Records. OK. And um, I said, OK. And he wasn't dressed. You know, like he had on his hat to the back and he had his hoodie on and, you know, <laughs> his Adidas or whatever was going on. And I was like, don't you have to be a business person That's to go right. up in these right. places, you know? <laughs> and Russell came up and he was talking the same language that he talked when we was on the block. And, you know, all of these guys, white people were like, Russell, <laughs> and they were mad, happy to see him. And I was like this, like, Oh. So you don't have to wear shoes. And right. You don't have to wear a tie and, you know, and a jacket and talk, you know, like you're at an office. If they really want what you want, what you Mm, have.
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: So Russell had something that they wanted Mm. and they didn't know what it was and they had to talk Russell into coming in the building. So that's why I said to myself, oh, so my whole my whole outlet on outlook on what business was changed at that point. Went to college, you know. Can speak the king's English, you know. When I have to, you know. Right. You know, friends used to say, well, "I can tell when you're talking business because you sound different." <laughs> I'm like, uh, "We should, we should sound different." Right. <laughs> when I'm on the block, I can talk that same go right. too. You That's know. That's right. But you know, um, so that that was important to to make sure that you know um, we knew the difference too. Right. But, you know, I learned something from Russell and watching him that you could be whoever you want to be, in, right. in, in, especially in the music business. And, and then in other businesses, too, I saw it as watching him. So he was a big influence on me just by looking and watching. You know, mm. I didn't say anything, you know. Um, and so I, I realized that I could do, do it however I wanted to do it. So the idea of creating this TV show um, came about because no one else was doing it. It wasn't on MTV. MTV was playing rock and roll. MTV had no interest in playing black music at all. That's right. Um, and, um, and I went to MTV later on after I started my show, and they were, you know, still not ready. You know, in 86, they weren't ready. Meanwhile, there's tours, you know, Run DMC so, you know, Platinum. I'm like, how's that possible? I said, do you think, like, black kids are the only ones listening to to, to (laughs) hip-hop? Are you crazy? Right. You know, like— They can afford to buy it at the time. Right. Right. You know, like, I go to concerts in Long Island, and the crowd is 50-50, you know. And so, you know, we we said, look, you know— this is crazy. We're going to continue to keep doing what we're doing. So, of course, the, the the Video Music Box program started in 1983. It was awesome. It was off the chain. I didn't know it was going to be what it was. You know, the first time he saw me was in 1985 because I was never on. You just heard my voice. Right. And in 85, I told people a story. Like, I was in, getting on a train in Flatbush, number one, two, three. Which one <laughs> two, of train. Two, yeah, two. Yeah, <laughs> and um, the junction. And, you know, and I'm on the train. And these guys are like – Grilling me hard, you know, you know, and I'm like, man, like, it's gonna be a fight. Something's gonna happen. And so by the time I got to Chamber Street, which is Center Street where the, the, the station was at, I'm getting ready to get off. And one of the guys like, yo, you the dude from Video Music Box? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yo, we like that. And I was like, (laughs) So for that half an hour, or whatever it took to get to there today, there, it was tense. You know, I was like, why you ain't say that from the beginning? Right,
0: <laughs> right.
1: I'm up here thinking I'm about to get jumped by five dudes, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, um, but that was great. Right. And that, that said to myself, we're doing something right. because I don't know these guys. They're not from my block. I don't know who, I don't know anything about them. So that means that other people out there just like him. That's right. That, that are watching me. Right. And that was on the beginning. We did it every day and. We still continue to, to, to do it, and, you know, in, in 2020. Um, there are new artists, quite obviously, hip hop has changed, and right. music has changed, and the way, um, people put their music out has changed. We don't have to go to record companies anymore. The artists are independent. We can talk directly to them, or right. the management companies, or the right. production companies, or whatever it is, and, um, and book the artists. Yeah.
0: So how, you know, I, I laugh because I remember even sitting with you one time at a basketball, um, a baseball game, mm-hmm. uh, at the oh, yeah. at city field.
1: I'm a Met fan. I'm the last Met fan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I remember how in awe there's someone you and I were just sitting and a casual conversa- conversation. Someone just walks and was like, "Oh my god, Ralph!" <laughs> and it was the funniest thing. But it's like you know, it resonates with people because again, this is from their childhood. Yeah, that's what. And it is. this is like it's it's
1: amazing. It's the, the people um it, when they see me it's funny when you know I'll see a 50-year-old or 60-year-old you know white guy <laughs> and he's with his wife and their kids <laughs> and she knows nothing about that right. part of his life. <laughs> And he just, you know, bugs out on hip hop, and she's looking at him, and the kids are looking at him like, "Who is this man?" Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, it was the funniest thing because, yeah, like, he wasn't with his family, but you, you would have never expected or thought it would have yeah. just. I, you know what? It, it kind of felt like a coming to America scene when <laughs> when they saw Eddie Murphy at the um at, yeah. the, at the baseball game yeah. or whatever. It yeah. was so funny. Yeah, yeah. So now, Vidi Misk box thirty seven years. And when you saw MTV come on the scene, Yo! MTV Raps and other other uh, uh, outlets, mm-hmm. not to say how did you feel, but you went up to MTV and they were like, no, we're not ready for that. But then you saw them make millions and, and monetize so much money off of these videos and so much money off of hip hop. You know, what went through your mind during those times? Um, I think that.
1: You know, in the beginning, I was like, "Okay, this is great for hip hop. Right. You know, and this is great for us to get the music out there in a national way on a national channel. Quite obviously, uh, MTV was a national channel. You know, it had big influence on what people watched and how they were watching it. You know, I was on MTV came from cable. Cable didn't exist when I came on um. So MTV was kind of a cable thing. Mm-hmm. And so when it got out there and people started watching it, you know, it was great. But, you know, I started to go back and think about it and just from conversations I've had with other people that work there. And it was, you know, it was too powerful for me to be in there doing that. They they couldn't hire me. They had to have control of it. They needed somebody that they took from inside to control it because I was too connected to the 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 hip hop audience That's for them. Right. You know, which to me didn't make sense. I was like, "Well, you know, um Dick Clark is, you know, connected to the to the groups in American Bandstand right. and he does, you know, all of this great stuff and, you know, why not?" So I just thought cuz I watched Dick Clark as a kid, you right. know, American Bandstand. I want to be Dick Clark. right? I want to be Don Cornelius. Right. You know, so why doesn't that work for hip hop? And so whatever the case was, you know, it was like, "Okay, no problem, you know, we're going to do it and we're going to get our guy to do it and we can control him because we know him. Me, they didn't know me. They they, they took everything from me. They mm-hmm. saw it and they mm-hmm. got ideas from it, right. but they couldn't let me run it. And I say it was a case of too much power for one black man to right. have. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 and that's okay. You know, that's okay because I'm not the first person that's been in that situation in business. So, that, you know, so you don't get frustrated. You go, okay. I'm gonna use this what y'all got, and I'm gonna use that to 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 take something else and make it move to the next level. Right. And my partner and I, Lionel Martin, the vid kid on Video Music Box, we started doing um music uh, music videos, making music videos. At that time, we already were, and now our music videos were playing everywhere fast. And we, you know, you could watch a show uh, any old TV rap show and. You know, let's say they played 10 videos and six of those were ones that we did, right. that we made. Right. So that was great for that other business that we started called Classic Concept Productions, which is a full fledged production company, film, TV, commercials, you know.
0: Yeah, share that, please. Uh, share exactly. You said you, you're in licensing, you're in movie productions, you're in, a lot of things, a lot of people don't know and not familiar that you, you're a consultant, you know. Yeah. And yeah.
1: So, so, so Classic Concept was an idea that we actually, came about with before we thought about making music videos it was like I said taking old songs and p- creating visuals for them so this is a classic concept you know we, there was no visual for Love is the Message by MFSB and everybody from Brooklyn knows that's right. the anthem and that comes on back in the days even now and so we were like man what would a video look like hmm. for Love is the Ma-? and that's what we thought about right. in the in the beginning and, um, and you know we would create some visuals and you know and put it out there but when we watched music videos, you know, one day, you know, I remember me and Lionel sitting there, I was like, man, I feel like some of these music videos are missing the point. They're not showing the culture enough. You know, it's too generic. Mm. And, um, and the reason why was because you had the same guys who were doing rock and roll when rock and roll was hot now are doing hip hop videos. And they don't necessarily know. They're good filmmakers and they know how to cut stuff and it looks nice. But it doesn't have that feeling that right. we, were, we were looking for. And, um, and I was like, man, we got to get into doing videos. And that's how we started making videos for the artists. We had a relationship with them already through Video Music Box. We started talking to them, talking to the managers, and then doing videos for them. First video we did mm-hmm. was um, um, Roxanne, Roxanne Chante's, um, Roxanne's Revenge. And then we did MC Shan. And so we did a bunch of videos for Coach Hill and Big Daddy Kanes, Biz Keys, Coogee Rap, um, you name it on that label. And and that was the beginning of us doing a lot of hip hop stuff. And then we started moving around and doing you know more R and B stuff. Um, I remember Bel-Biv DeVoe, We did the okay. whole album TLC, um, Whitney Houston, Boys to Men. All of these groups that were you know becoming you know kind of influenced from hip hop right. wanted to get that kind of hip hop soul that we were showing. Got it. And and Lionel was a great director. You know he was he was he had an awesome eye, and and that's how this stuff got out there. So that was the beginning of. Um, of classic concept. Mm-hmm. And we ran it separately, you know, like the video music box was downtown on Center Street. Classic concept was on 35th Street. And, you know, and people knew like, you know, there was a connection between it because of me and Lionel. Right. But, you know, it was two, two separate, separate entities, companies, right. two separate entities doing right. their thing. And, um, and then, um, from there, um, I, I got my first job working on a movie, and that was Juice. Um, so, one of the producers from, that we had for Classic Concepts, Sabrina Gray, said, Hey, Ralph, you know, there's this movie I'm working on. It's called Juice. It's Ernest Dickerson. He was the, uh, the, um, cinematographer for, um, Spike Lee. Mm-hmm. Can you come on and, you know, they need some help. They, they, nobody's calling us back. Nobody believes this is a real movie. So I go in the office. I sit with Ernest and the producers. I said, All right, so I'll be a consultant. Yes. I call up Queen Latifah. They, they were trying to get in contact with Latifah. I said, Yo, Queen, this is a real movie. Okay, all right, boom. Next day she shows up. Right. She brings Tretch. She brings you know other people. I call up the bomb squad, just Public Enemies producer. They need a soundtrack, bro, and they got money. Come on down. It's happening. It's for real. All right, Ralph. Boom. So now everything is starting to happen because it's somebody that the, the community knows exactly is saying it. It wasn't as Hollywood. You know, we knew who Ernest was, but you know we didn't really know who Ernest was. Right. We just knew he was the guy who shot Spike Lee's movies. Right, right, right. So that needed that it was it needed some help. And, um, and so that was the beginning of me working on movies and I was associate producer in that. And, um, and then a bunch of commercials, um, still more music videos. I, but the main thing for me was to always maintain video music box because the music was changing. Now, you know, as the 80s, the 80s sound sounded different from the 90s sound right you know in the 90s you know you got nas and you got big and tropical quest is in between that and then you got jay-z and you know and pun and fat joe and you know and, and you know and all of these things and diddy's got his thing going on and so you know the sound was changing you know and we had to be on top of that because i still had a viewership and people were watching me on tv even though yo mtv raps was doing really well we still had a good viewership because I made the show—well, I always made the show very community-minded. So it wasn't just the music videos. It was me going to, you know, Bed-Stuy or to, you know, the South Bronx and for some type of community event or in Harlem talking about police brutality with Lauren Hill and, you know, and and my man Crazy Sam is on the show. And all of these different things, Newark, what was happening in Newark, we were going to the community and people— in between the videos, we're seeing like, you know, community leaders and, you know, young intellectuals talking, you know, and it was like, oh, this is kind of deep. Ralph is way, it's way more than just the video.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So I think that's important too.
0: And I respect and appreciate you for that because I remember seeing the, watching the videos and watching you at, whether, like you said, at all of these different events yes. or a, a club or whatever, but you stay connected to the community. You that's stay-
1: where I came. I'm a product right. of the sixties. You know, right. you know, my parents were, you know, from the Civil Rights Movement. You know, they went to the March on Washington mm-hmm. with, um, you know, Martin Luther King. They were there for the I Have a Dream speech in Washington, mm-hmm. D.C. You know, my father was moved. We moved to Queens. We were the second black family on the block you know the redlining was in full effect at that particular time you know you couldn't move and right. we wanted we wanted to move towards Jamaica States, but they wouldn't allow you to move towards Jamaica State so they put us in Queens Village and Queens Village was you know it was mostly white but middle like not not high class white it was middle class white so we'll right. put you over there we were second black family on the block Soon as we moved in, white folks was moving out fast. Wow, you
0: know? White flight. White flight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, you know, and and eventually it became, you know, predominantly African American. Now it's not even predominantly African American. It changed again. It changed again. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So so this is what I come from and equal rights and I just want my fair share. You know, that's what always was in my head. So in thinking about creating a business, I just wanted to make sure that I owned it. Right. So that I could say that, you know, I'd like to have this and have a say-so on something. That's
0: right. And That's if, right. You, if you don't
1: own anything, you really don't have any say-so on it. So I wanted to make sure that I had some kind of say-so on everything that I did.
0: And you could ask for what what you want and what you value, what you deserve, yes. as opposed to someone saying, okay, I'll just give you this. Right. You can command. Yeah, I know Yes, God. you actually just answered like three questions in one. <laughs> I was gonna ask you all those, three of those questions. Well, you know, no, I no, know so.
1: that you know, um, you are a promoter of that. You yes. <laughs> yes, 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 you know, no, yes. No, know, in a different space, but, right. you know, it's all the same. It's something. Exactly. It's something, you know.
0: And one of the things also I realize is that uh, hip-hop also ties into homeownership as well. Yes. Hip-hop, because one of the first things that people do when they get their check is, I'm buying a house. Right. Well, some people say, I'm buying a car or a chain, <laughs> but they say, I'm, you know, I'm going to buy a house. I want right. to move my family outside of whatever, whether it's the projects or, yes. or you know, community that they grew up in and it just, it's too rough. Yeah. They want to move to a better community and move their family as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... um. Ha- how do you feel In terms of uh, do, do you encourage artists Or have you Encourage artists To become homeowners And realizing that For you especially You, you grew up in Brooklyn East Flatbush yeah. And then you moved to Queens yeah. Because your family Wanted a better life. For you Well at the you. time
1: When I was growing up We lived in Bed-Stuy Oh okay And so And then I moved to Queens Then I moved back to Brooklyn <laughs> Oh
0: I didn't know that part Yeah that okay. was uh,
1: Yeah But um, but yeah um, I definitely encourage people To invest In mm-hmm. something good You know Something that's gonna last You know um, and if, and then that be real estate, you know, and you can, if you can handle it, you know, right. if you can, you know, some people may not be able to handle, yo, the, 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 furnace, the, furn- the uh, furnace is not working. <laughs> like, ah, what am I going to do? <laughs> you know, you know, some people might not be able to handle, so whatever, get a condo or something, exactly. you, know, you know, so like, you know, whatever it may be, do those things that, um, at least you have some. You know, and something that's, that's yours.
0: Exactly. And
1: something that hopefully is gonna, the, the, is gonna rise in value. Um, and that was the main thing for me coming up is watching. You know, like, I remember my mom bought the house for $20,000 wow. in Queens Village.
0: Wow. You know? In the 60s. In the 60s. <laughs> and and now what Queens Village, the median sales price in that area is almost six hundred thousand six six mid sixes. Right. Mid six hundreds. Right. So imagine. Just imagine. <laughs> I right.
1: go, wait a minute, that's the same wood and the
0: same bricks that was there. <laughs> <laughs> right. It didn't change, but the the value did. Yes. So how do you how do you see how do you feel like your life were, was uh impacted by because of that move, because your mother made that move?
1: Um I think that, um, I was open to a lot more things. Now, mm. you know, I went to school, um, I went, I didn't go to school in my area. I went to school in, um, in Bayside. Okay. And so once again, I'm the only, there's maybe 20 of us that go to Bayside, 20 black kids. I played sports. So I didn't even really deal with the, 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 the student body because you were always either practicing or we're going to a game or doing something. Right. So I didn't see people a lot, you okay. know, other than in the daytime when we went to school. Okay. And, um, and I met different people, different cultures, you know, Italians, Irish, you right. know, all these different folks that, you know, I had never met before. And I probably wouldn't have met them in where I lived at in Brooklyn. So I got an idea of how people live. They got an idea of what my culture was all about. Right. Um, we all loved music. So I was the guy with the big boombox back in the 80s. <laughs> okay. And, um, so they looked for me for that. And, um, and so you learned a lot, you know, and just going different places, you know, I, I learned a lot because, and I always said to my mother, like, I can't believe you let me get on the train. <laughs> You know, at that age, like, you know, nine or even younger before I was in high school, you know, I was going places, you know, Mm. I went to, you know, the Bronx, you know, I was going to Manhattan, you know, and, you know, for whatever reason, you know, and it was okay, you know. So I always tell people, most of the people that I grew up with, they stayed on the block, you Mm. know, and. Sports also took me to different places. So okay. we would go to, I don't know, Pennsylvania. We went to Philly to play. Like That was like going across the country to me, right. you know, going to Philadelphia. Right. But I traveled and I saw different things and I learned different things. So as I became, you know, in in my early 20s, I started Video Music Box when I was 23. I had a vision of, you know, already doing things. You know, I was like, I knew that it wasn't that difficult to just go, yeah, let's do it. And you know, I might not know everything, but we'll figure it out. It's not that difficult. You know, I'm not going to die. Right. And, you know, it's not like I'm jumping off of a building to try and figure it out. Right. I'm gonna, it's going to be okay.
0: And that was because of the exposure that you had yeah. because of yeah, <clears throat> the transition that your mother made. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, yeah. that was um, that was um, key. It was being able and and my parents traveled too. So mm. as a kid, we went different places. You know, we went to DC. We went to, you know, Massachusetts or we went to Philly and we went to Ohio and just got in the car and drove there, you know. Right. So you saw all this road, you know, outside of your New York city. Exactly. And, and that was to me. And I tell people now that was, you know, nowadays I've been everywhere. You know, there's not too many places that I haven't been in the world. And, and I, you know, jump off a plane, you know, if I'm, let's say I'm DJing or something because I DJ, you know, and I, Jump off a plane and nobody speaks English. Then I'm just like, okay, hotel <laughs> and right. cab. And right. Do I have to change my money? Like, <laughs> right. what are we doing? Right. And then, you know, and it's, it's no fear. And, you know, we just go in and do it. And I go to, you know, I don't stay necessarily in the tourist area. I'll go into the hood. You know, I mean, I'm not crazy, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm able to pick up on you know, the right thing, you know, and and know that, okay, I'm good over here. You know, if it's something looking a little shaky, I'm like, all right, time to go.
0: (laughs) Which, like you said, Video Mizzle Box was international. Like, I remember people from England. I don't even know. I think I was with you or something like that. And somebody from England was like, I used to watch you all the time with the accent. Yeah. and Well,
1: people passed VHS tapes around, if you remember those, (laughs) and especially at it came through a lot of military bases, from what I understand, mm. and so Germany, um, UK, um, um, probably France, and a couple of other places. There was a lot of that happening. You know, I remember the first time I went to LA, and a friend of mine, Steve Rifkin, um, he was like, "Yo, you know, we're gonna go by Ice T's house." So I'd never met Ice T in my life, but I heard his music before, and at the time. And so I'm like, "What, Ice tea. Yeah, good. Let's go." <laughs> and we went to Ice tea and he had a stack of my t- VHS tapes in his house. You know, he's saying, like, "Yo, I watch these tapes all the time. That's how I know what's going on in New York, bro." So I was like, "Oh wow, really?" I was like, That's "Okay." Amazing. So yeah, so it, it's it's, you know, it was like a mixtape, so, right. but with visuals.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. You know, you bring me back to I went to uh, an event last week where Kevin Lyles was speaking, and he was talking about Russell Simmons, how. Uh, Russell changed the culture of hip hop. And like you said, he was true to himself. And that's, and, and people embraced him for it. And, uh, he's one of the most business, savviest businessmen in music industry today. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, started back then. Uh, that, that, that resonated with me as, you know, being yourself and being true to yourself in business can take you, and, and, and any, in anything can take you so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and you yourself, you're true to yourself. Uh, and you mentioned that there are times where, um, you you are negotiating with people, and you you know the value of video music box. You know so, and you have the rights mm-hmm. and the ownership, so you can again ask for what you want, and you're not settling. So I, I,
1: I tell you a funny story. So mm-hmm. today, um, I had received a uh, a letter, and it was in like a you know UPS or FedEx or something, and so my daughter was like, it says power on it. So I was like, she says, "This power, like fifty cent power." Uh. So I said, "Open it up." I don't know. So she was like, "I didn't know," but she she didn't know. So I said, <laughs> "So in the next upcoming uh power, well, I think it's called I can't remember what they call it." It's power, a spinoff. The spinoff. Yes. There's an episode where they're watching video music box, so they wanted to license content from me for the show. Right. So my daughter's like super geeky and she's like, what? what? I was like, yo, dude, we license footage all the time. She said, but we watch power.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but there are a lot of things that you, you, you license that we watch. But right. just people just don't know if it's behind the kind of scenes. Right, right,
1: right. And that's and that's what I said to her. I said, we license footage every day. And you know that. She said, I know, but I don't watch those
0: shows. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you name a few? I know you did Roxanne, Roxanne. Oh, the, yeah. The, yeah. So the Roxanne, double. Roxanne,
1: mm-hmm. Um. Um, on Netflix is playing right now is um um hip hop evolution, like a oh, lot yeah. of footage in there. Um, those guys they're from Canada, and so a lot of the footage in there is is video music box footage. Um, Nas's documentary, Time Is Omatic, Tribe Called Quest, Beats Rhymes in Life. Um, there's another one that Quest Love did. Um, that was on A and E channel or AM, AME channel. Um. There's Wendy Williams, Doc, just getting ready to come out. Soon's not out yet. Um, Mary J. Blige, Doc getting ready to come out. You know, all you know. Wendy was the first time you saw Wendy Williams was on Video Music Box. Really? Yeah, because she. Used, <laughs> I used to go up to her show and hang out with her and tape shows. And you know, so if you look, you know, you or go, uh, go on YouTube and search it, Ralph McDaniel's and Wendy or Video Music Box and Wendy Williams is a whole bunch of footage that people posted up that watched it back in the days. Right. And, and they refer to Wendy back in the days, and it's 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 usually on my show. Interesting. So um, Wendy's been you know working and I've watched her whole career. You know, I watched mm-hmm. her from, you know, young girl at, you know, the radio station at Kiss FM in New York and then eventually she became, you know, this power figure in New York and now she's a power figure, you know, throughout the world, you know. Right. And so to watch her whole, you know, progression has been amazing. You know, I know I knew her ex-husband before they got married, you know. So I I I so I watched the whole thing. So, um, you know, those stories um are what is gonna come soon in my documentary, the video the music box documentary. So when is I, that coming out? I, it's soon. You know, I just partnered up with Mark Wahlberg. Okay. And so um we have a um we have a deal with them um and it's a partnership. It's a you know 50-50 partnership with, with um with one of his companies. They have, they have a documentary out now called um um the McDonald's it's it's on HBO it's about this McDonald's scandal that people were were. Um, it was a McDonald's monopoly game. They had And they were giving away millions of dollars, and people were you know basically scamming the game. Nobody ever really won. It was all set up.
0: I was wondering what yeah <laughs> what about to, to yeah. the money. Okay. So
1: yeah, so that um they they did that documentary which okay. is which is on HBO right now, mm-hmm. and um, they're doing mine. Um, you know, so we're working on that right now. Nice. Um, we also have. Um, a nonprofit organization, which I set up. and We've been talking about yes, that, right? Yes. About so we could have space in the community and that's right. the next Ralph McDaniels could come along and, and, and get creative and do stuff. Right. So that's, I'm um, officially, official 5013C now. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I didn't know
0: that. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. awesome. awesome. Well,
1: I, you we haven't seen each other. Since. I know. And so I've
0: been, <laughs> But I listen to
1: everything that you say. <laughs> so, yeah, so okay, all of yeah. that is happening. Awesome. And um, so that, Partially is to preserve and um, and restore some of the video music box tapes because we have twenty thousand hours of tape, and you know we have to like, you know, keep it in the right situation and you know and, and make sure that it's 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 archived correctly, right? And so that is part of that, and so we've got some pretty decent investors that have invested into that part of it too already. So that awesome. you know, so we just you know it all came together you know Good. it was a matter of just getting it all together That's and now right. it's now it's happening and um and we continue to do do the show you know doing right. what we
0: do right 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 you know uh you mentioned dc uh how your parents wa- walked in the civil rights uh they're part of the civil rights movement um and i know that you're your microphone is in the your first microphone that you ever use, and Vietnamese, Vietnamese box is yeah. um in the Smithsonian, yes. African American Smithsonian. Yeah, um, crazy. When that when when you got that call, how did you feel about that? Like, I, I thought,
1: I, it, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was you know like like okay so you know like this is the, the the you know the government you know like okay they must give you a lot of money for this you know <laughs> they give you nothing so, <laughs> and so but it's the too high. <laughs> right it's the prestige of having it Bye. in the smithsonian That's um and um and that was super cool you know i went to the grand opening of it and, um, I took my mom and, you know, my daughter and my wife and, you know, to, for them to be in the same building as, you know, Oprah was there and all of these other people were there. And, you know, um, you know, it was just crazy, you know. Right. So that was one of those like proud, you know Son moments You know A proud mom For, for mom you right, <laughs> right You know Like you were like Okay See mom I told y'all I was gonna be smiling <laughs>
0: Right All right. that
1: noise I used to make In the basement <laughs> Cutting records And banging And all that stuff Right hey, I can remember My mom going Clicking the light In the basement Like okay That's enough That's right. <laughs> <enough.
0: laughs> wow Speaking of which How do you store All of the content That you have You have a lot Of content
1: Yeah how Well you- that's One of the reasons Why we started The nonprofit Because we needed Right. to get space and to uh, store it in the right temperature and the right, you know, um, situation right. to get it to be stored properly. And um, and somehow or another, I've done all right up to this time, but, you know, it's hard. It's a lot. And so I, I needed help. You know, I needed, I needed to, to be able to hire somebody to help me do it. And so, so that's what we're doing now. You right. know, could we have... You know, mm-hmm. some folks that are like, you know, okay, Ralph, I've been waiting for this moment, you know, for you to call me because, you know, they like, it's way that, where you have that at can't, it can't be that, like, that way. Right. There, there, there's a documentary out, another documentary I helped out on was, um, of Mike's and Men, Wu-Tang Clan. And um, so there's a scene in the second episode, which they talk to me about, you know, how Wu-Tang kind of came about. Mm-hmm. And um, and they're at my where I have some of my tape stored. And so everybody who saw that shot was like, no, you have to get those tapes out of that <laughs> that, that, that situation. I was like, I know, I know. We almost there. We almost there. We almost there. So wow. We're working on it. <laughs>
0: wow. Can you we talk a little bit about the store that you had in Brooklyn? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I remember when you, uh, when yeah. you opened that store by Meg Evans.
1: Yeah, um, College. that was in the 90s. Um, we, um, we started doing, well, from Video Music Box, people would give me clothes, free clothes. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, yo, can you wear my sweatsuit on your show? You know, product placement, basically. Right. You know, you see that all time Artists get stuff to wear the new Nikes or a new sweatsuit or whatever it is, Adidas champion, whatever it is. And so, I would be like, okay, yeah, no problems, free gear, you know, right. cool. You right. know. And then I realized that the stuff that I was wearing, you really couldn't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Especially some of the more independent, the 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 uh urban designers, right. quote unquote urban designers at the time. So all of the urban designers, which, you know, was like I mean, I don't know if I should even call Carl Kinney an urban designer. He was worldwide and he mm-hmm. was known. But for the sake of this conversation, so people understand it, you know, Carl Kinney, um, Cross Colors, um, Fubu, then Fubu, mm-hmm. um, uh, what you call them, um, Ditties. Um,
0: oh, um, um, oh, 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 just skip me. Well, Rockaware and Rockaware, uh, uh, and all of these these yeah.
1: different different clothing lines, and they would give me this stuff, and I wear them. And or I would be placing them in videos that I was directing, or in films, or or commercials, and be like, okay, send me over a sweatshirt. Even the African American college thing that we were the first to have those. There's, mm. a, there's a guy out and people they have them out now. Um, and those were the first. We were the first we put Bell Biv DeVoe back in those in the in the 80s, and um, and I mean the early 90s. And so anyway, so all of this stuff existed. I remember doing an interview with Damon John, first time, his first ever interview on TV. And, um, I said, where do you have this, your Fubu at? I thought this was a, the most incredible thing I ever heard, Fubu. I was like, for us, buy us? That's right. incredible. And he was like, well, we have them in stores, you know, throughout the city. I'm like, but what stores? And it, <laughs> they weren't in any stores. They were selling them literally out of their, you know, hands, you oh, okay. know, in, in Jamaica, Queens. Right. And by the Coliseum. The Coliseum I Mall, heard. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I said, wait a minute, we have to open up a store. So that guys like Damon Mm -hmm. and Diddy and all of these other people can have somewhere where they can place their clothes. Right. And at the time, you know, those designers weren't in Macy's and Bloomingdale's and those type of stores. Um, and we said, look, you know, I have a store. I know somebody else in the Bronx has a store. Somebody else in Queens has a store. We can, you know, you know, put them here. That's right. And, and that's what really, you know, Helped me launch the store. That was the idea. So that people in my area at the time, when that was in Crown Heights could come and get, you know, the latest FUBU or the latest, you know, Rockerware or, you know, whatever it was, they could come in and get it and maybe even see the artists. Every once in a while we, we would have artists mm-hmm. there. You know, I remember we had Eve. We had all these different folks coming in, um, the Clips, all these different artists coming in and they were hanging out with us. And, you know, and we had all the cool gear. right You know, eventually what happened is the – the Macy's realized they better start selling this stuff.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so
1: when Macy's starts selling it, they could blow me out with you know in one order, a quarter of an order. They could blow my my sales away. Plus, they can sell it for less. <laughs> Then on the other side you had bootleggers selling it in the street because there wasn't enough product out there. Right. And so now bootleggers are like, oh, we're gonna make shirts that say fool on it. Right. And this so you were getting squeezed. So I'm trying to play, you know, legit business sell it at, you know, this price that, you know, it has makes it look like it's you know, it's supposed to be sold at and, but we were getting squeezed on both sides. So I got out of retail business fast. <laughs> so I was like, got okay. I gotta go okay. because it, I, I was, it was, it was not going to work. I'm walking down the block, you know, a shirt that I'm selling for $20, dude is selling it for $10 on the corner. Macy's is selling it for 16 You know, I'm getting squeezed here, you know. Wow. And I, and it was just after a while, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And, right. and also what was happening too was the dot com business online was starting to happen. And we saw that happen, and that, that we knew was going to be the beginning of the end for mm. for uh, uh brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, we saw it way before it happened. And now, you know, people don't even go. They, I, I know for sure. You know, I go home. There's a bunch of packages sitting in front of my house. Right, <laughs> I mean, Amazon, that. exactly. Yeah, oh, that—that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, yeah,
0: true, true, interesting. So. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot, of, it's a lot of information. You know, I'm, um, I'm really, um, this, I'm really blown away by just your life overall because you are one of the like pioneers of so many different avenues, you know, um, with, with respect to hip hop and music and creativity and just the way that you catapult, catapulted people's careers just mm-hmm. by the, the visibility of video music box. You know, people's yeah. careers wouldn't be what they are today. People don't realize that. You know, I forget about all those other shows. I'm not even, ta- I'm not talking about those shows. I'm talking about, y- you know, you're the for us, by us. You know, yeah. you, yourself, and, and the show, that's what we, we could relate to Feed the Music Box because you're a representation of people who look like us in the community.
1: Yeah. So. Well, it was the first opportunity. It's like Nas said it best. He right. was like, we had dreams and you gave us an opportunity to show our dreams outside of our block. Right. And then, you know, the neighborhood. You like right. because, you know, people, artists are, you know, they're like, yo, I'm I was with this person, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and the people on the block are like, Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. They don't believe it till it's like back then, if it was in a magazine, right, if it was on a newspaper, if it was on the news, or if it was on video music <laughs>
0: Right, that's right. But <laughs> so when
1: they saw Nas on video music box, everybody's like Oh! Not we take you seriously. Now we take you seriously. Right, right.
0: <laughs> <Say it>. Wow. <laughs> no, people don't even understand. I especially this generation. You know, millennials and the the younger generation. You know, they they don't know. But and the process
1: that it takes. You know, even though you might see him, then you know it still takes a little while for everything to get going. And people, well, he's still on the block. You know, we still see him. He's, mm. I just saw him in the store. You know. Right. Yeah. Well, it, it's a process. You know, everything is a process, and I've learned to um. To respect the process, but don't you know, be hungry, you right. know, and do your thing and stay, it, hungry. Yeah, stay hungry. Yes, yeah. stay hungry. Right, right, right. Sometimes the process is not set up for us to win. So, right, So right. you gotta
0: gotta you know jump jump the line every once in a while. Hopefully you know don't hurt nobody. Well, <laughs> what's some of the advice that you give like the younger generation? Because I know you come you 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 also um uh <laughs> you're also Uncle Ralph to a lot of people. So a lot of people come to you for advice. Yeah. What are some of the advices that you give to a younger person trying to get into the industry?
1: Um. Just keep doing it, like I say, stay hungry, you know, like, be respectful, like, people come up to me all the time, and, you know, and just like, yo, 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 and this and that, and, then, and I'm like, I don't, you know, first of all, you don't know what my space is right now, you know, how, what my life is all about right this second, so approach me, you know, decent, you know, and talk to me like you like you I don't know. I could say you talk to your mom, but I don't know how you talk to your mom. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> but you know, treat, treat it, you know, like it's serious and it's and it's and it's important and in, in this business. Um be aggressive. I don't have any problem with the with the aggression. I, I have no problem with people wanting to get it and get it get it now. Um why not? Um, but there is, in some cases, a process, you know, and so, you know, I'm not going to treat you any different than I'm treating the next guy down, you know, from yesterday or tomorrow. So be aware of people, you know, wait for the good, a good opportunity sometimes, you know, because people, you know, sometimes they wait it out and they'll wait me out and they'll, they'll, they'll come, you know, and they'll, they'll hit me with some stuff. And it's like, uh, I don't know the answer to that right this moment, right. but. Here's my email, and then some people are like, well, email whatever. You know, trust the process. Trust the process. I take people's email now. Some people don't, right? And and, and you know, and I understand why you don't trust that right. situation, right? You know, because people say everybody's not like you, Ralph. Once I kind of follow through and do whatever I say I was going to do, they be like, yo, every you, you don't understand. People tell you to sell us dreams all the time,
0: exactly, and they don't do it, right?
1: So I was like, nah, you know, I. Don't want to do that. I want to make sure that you are right. And if 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 you, those people are selling you dreams, then maybe you don't want to mess with them anyway. Right. So, you know, that's God helping you out by, by the way they're acting, you know? That's right. So um, so yeah, so just do what it, you do what you do, stay out there, stay active, stay in the places you are everywhere. You know. <laughs> that's my new
0: hashtag. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm like this, like, yo, I don't have that much energy
0: anymore. <laughs>
1: But you are everywhere, and that's important because when you go somewhere, and then you're somewhere else. You know, you could be somewhere in Harlem, and you know, and you're with a bunch of people, and then all of a sudden you're in LA, and you see one of those people. They were like, "Oh, that she's from around my way," right? And that person may be important. So now you have a just a relationship with somebody just from them from networking, right? And in another place, you know, in another country. Sometimes, you know, I've had that situation where I'm like. Yo, man, you know, I saw a dude in Brooklyn. I know him. And then we like, yo, you the dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're best friends because there's nobody else there that are right. our friends in that country or right. in that city. That's right. So that's always a great thing. You yeah. know what you doing later? Let's meet at the bar. Let's talk.
0: You're right. Awesome. It, it, you know? That works. You're yeah. right. Exactly what you just said. That definitely works. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so that 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 part of it, you know, you never know when it's gonna come and connect together mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um so keep doing it, you know, be um, Be, be, be on, um, stay in the now, in the moment, you know, don't get caught up in what happened yesterday. Don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. All we got is today, the present right now. Right. So I really try, I mean, you know, you have to kind of plan for things in advance, but we do try to, you know, like when I'm, I used to worry about what was happening tomorrow all the time. And now I, I, you know, I'm like, I don't know. You know, like my daughter asked me, well, what about... And I, I don't know. That's it. <laughs> I don't have all the answers. That's right. I don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, I'm sure it's going to be all right. Like, I don't think anybody's going to get hurt. Right, <laughs> so, right. And so, so keep your... You know, be present around the four walls that are around you, you know, and then focus. You know, it's like, you know, Jay-Z, um, you know, Steve, I'm fo- Steve Stout, I'm focused, man. <laughs> right. And that was a real statement. You mm-hmm. know, we, we understood what he was saying because... Steve Stout is, like, a focused dude. You know, he's got a lot of important things that he can do. You know, I know Steve, you know, and I understand Steve more now than ever. Mm. You know, and Jay-Z was probably around him and was just, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he was – and Steve was like, yo, you know, come on. We're I mean, not playing here, you know. And that's when Jay-Z was like, television, Tunnel vision. Right. Mm. What else, Steve? Tell me what's, what's next? Got it. What do we got? And you got to do that with people because – I can tell when somebody's talking to you, you can tell when somebody's talking, that, you know, sometimes they're not really there, you right, know, and, right. and that happens, you right. know, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, it's just mm-hmm. not, it just happens, but try to work on this, you right. know, and that will help, yeah, right. stay focused.
0: So, oh my God, I think, uh, oh boy, I think, <laughs> we, we we're definitely, good. yeah, we're cutting, yeah, no, cutting we good. my time. No, but I, I really appreciate, that means <laughs> part, part two. <laughs> you're right about that, you're right, we have so much to talk about, Ralph. Um, and also, I think people need to be flexible. I just want to throw it out there. People need to be flexible. Even right now, like, we weren't expecting to do this today. We woke up, and I was just like, hey, Ralph, you know, what mm-hmm. about, what, when are you available? And you're like, okay, let's do it today. I'm like, let's do it today. Yeah. But I think that's important, too, because um, a lot of times people are like, oh, you know what? I can't, you know, they, they're not flexible. And mm-hmm. you know what? That might be you missing the opportunity. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Sometimes people are so rigid, Right. And right. they're just like, they're just focused on, well, this is what my schedule looks like, so I can't fit anything in. But So it's one thing to be focused, but you also have to be have a little flexibility because if it's not just you and your schedule, if you're mm-hmm. working on other people's time as well, if you want opportunity, you're going to have to go after it. And, and you never know it.
1: what's going to happen when you get there. I've been in situations where I don't feel like going, right. I'm tired, the game is coming on, Why wow, right. I got to do this today. And, right. and then I get there and all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is amazing. Yep. You know, I just met, you know. You know, I I met this this venture capitalist one time and it was all because I, you know, just showed up. Right. And he was a fan. You know, Mm. I remember uh, um, Willie Geist, he's on the the Morning Joe um, and on MSNBC and I mean, um, NBC's morning show. And, um, and I went to meet him and you know, I didn't know who, who he was, but he's a big deal on TV. Right. And so he, he's like the biggest Ralph McDaniels fan. He grew up watching me on TV, you know, white dude from, 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 from Jersey, you know, and, you know, like he's a big deal, you know, right. and me and Willie have become friends, you know, and, I didn't know him, and he didn't. You know, he obviously knew me because he right. said I, I was uh, Ralph. I was eight years old watching you. Wow. I knew every rap song from watching your watching your show. He references rap on the show that he does now, <laughs> and people look at him like what? But he knows his stuff, you know. <laughs> right, and I'm right. like, yo, he knows his stuff. Why? Because he was watching me and everything else that <laughs> he, he absorbed everything hip hop back right, then, you know. Right. So, um, so but I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't shown up for this event. Exactly. Talk to him, you know. So you got to just, you know, sometimes do things that, you know, you don't feel like doing it. That's right. And you do it. You know, sometimes you're tired. Yeah, I get it. You Mm -hmm. know, take a break. Um, I'm all, you know, I work with the Queens Library. I took a break today. That's how this all worked out. Right, right, right. You know, and, you know, sometimes being in the office, you're like, I don't know if I want to be in the office today. But the Queens Library was an opportunity that I definitely wasn't thinking about doing. And it came about because I wanted to, you know, bring my knowledge to the community And I spoke there once and a bunch of people showed up and they were like, we need somebody to do programming to hip hop, to use to to community kids. And I was like, all right. And they said, we have 62 libraries. I was like, 62? There's 62 libraries in Queens, 62 (laughs) buildings. I was like, really? I I never saw. I never knew there was that many. Now, every time I'm driving, there's another one. Right. You know, but I knew that I could reach 62 communities from my office. And that was incredible. I said, no, oh, this is, this is, this is awesome. I can read 62 communities just like that. So, you know, I'm doing programming. We just did a census, you know, promotion with Chuck Chill Out, um, and, and, um, Fred Bugs from WBLS for the census 2020. They got jobs, $29 an hour. I'm like, yo, hmm. you could get $29 an hour going knocking on people's doors. They don't answer the door. That's on them. You're still getting paid. Right. So, you know, you can get out there and talk about, you know, and manage maybe that group if that's what you do. You don't want to necessarily do the walking, but you can, you know, how to organize. Right. So you can do that and maybe get more than twenty nine dollars an hour. And this is happening; it has to happen every ten years is that's the census. Right. That's right. So we 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 wanted to bring awareness to South Jamaica area and to um for Rockaway area. Mm-hmm. So we just did two programs there. Um, we do a DJ one on one class we have coming up. Um, we've done that multiple times. We do book talks. Um, DMC makes comics. You know, he's a he's a uh, graphic novel, graphic novelist, and you know, and and incredible. I went with him to Comic Con. I'd heard about Comic Con, right. I never went. Right. And I went with him to Comic Con, and it was a big deal. Like I was like, what? I thought it was just people get dressed up. It was right. way more than that. You know, right. it was it was amazing. And I hung out with him and and John Leguizamo and, and and you know all these people, and it was like, wow, this is a whole space that I'm not in. I need to be in this space. So that's what you learn when you go out in these some of these um. These meetings that you may not want to take.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's a part of being flexible. Yeah. Like you said, they're almost everything that I don't want to attend. It's always like the best turnout. It's yes. always like a good result or whatever. There's things that trust me, I'm, I'm a lot of places and sometimes I'm just like, I don't feel like it. Yeah. Like I'm going somewhere tonight and I'm like, uh, I was toying with it, but because of this interview, <laughs> I'm going to be in the city anyway. So I'll just go. Oh, I got you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but it's more so like, you know, sometimes, but if you have a, if you have a passion for something and you know what your goals are, yeah. you, there are going to be a lot of things that you don't want to do, but yeah. as long as you're passionate about it, you just have to make it, make it happen.
1: Well, I, I think yeah. that, you know, with you and the people that you know that, at least I've watched you since I've known you, the people that you've associated yourself with and that you have a relationship now, you know, you need to take this on the road. And, you know, mm. and it doesn't have to be in, you We're know, that. you know, like, the, you know, there's big things that happen in the Jacob Jackson. Everybody doesn't want to be in that big space so maybe right. it's a little bit more intimate. In fact, intimate is, more be- is, is even better because... People feel like they do have an opportunity to maybe touch elbows with that person and talk to that person, and it's possible because once I'm there, I'm there. You know, I'm not running out the door. You know, I mean, (laughs) unless you got something to do right after, but (laughs) most of the time, you know, we're here. So let's talk. You know, but if you're in a room with ten thousand people, it's a little bit. You know, there's no way I'm going to get to talk to this person. But if it's five hundred people or two hundred people, maybe I can. Hmm. So,
0: oh boy, I think you get you just. Sparked an idea in my mind. My remember me with the money. <laughs> I'll be in the back. Yo, what's wrong? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea. I like it. No, I think it's very important to have these conversations because a lot of times, um, <laughs> people are talking to the wrong, you know, you're talking to, like you said, if you're, if you're an immediate, you have a media circle of friends mm-hmm. and you all think alike, then you're not getting ideas that can elevate you so but if you're talking to different people who have been there done that mm-hmm. or doing things that you want to do you need to be around inspiration and you need to hear certain things so it could resonate and click and sometimes you know your story may, may not resonate with one person but it might resonate with 10 other people who are like wow i heard his story now like you said mm-hmm. it's now it's time for me to take my my, my pick my game up yeah. and become the next ralph or become the next who that person's created to be
1: and it's all work there's nothing right. – yeah, maybe there's one or two people that get a, a, a quick break. I don't right. care. What you tell me is work. Nobody can tell you the amount of work that I put in. Mm. You know, you might see me on TV and you might see my documentaries and you see my movies. But the hours and hours yeah. <laughs> of research and everything that we've got to get to that point is, you know, I don't get paid enough money for that. But I enjoy it and I'm passionate about it. I went That's to right. school for it. I wanted to do this from day one. That's right. So – I'm lucky enough to be doing a job that I really wanted to do from when I was a kid.
0: Right, right, yeah. right. No, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I interviewed Marilyn Booker. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that interview. Um, she's a, a financial expert and she, she does uh, finance talks um, internationally. But she mentioned like this generation, you know, I'm talking about this, the new millennials, the new the new generation. How I think a lot of times, not, not everyone, I don't like to stereotype people, mm-hmm. but a lot of times – People, the young generation thinks that it's easy. Hmm. Anything that they want to do, it has to happen instantaneously. Like you said, there's a process. Mm-hmm. and Anything they want to do, they, they have to ju- – it just has to be right now. Yeah. And that's not how life is. But you're trying to t- tell a young person that, you know, because of, you know, technology, technology and gadgets, yeah. everything feels it like feels it's – It feels like it's
1: happening that fast. Right. But, but you're, you're just seeing the end result of it, you know, and exactly. some things do, you know, and some things go Go come and go as quickly as they, you know, if they, in fact it goes away faster.
0: If you if, if you, the faster you get it, the faster <laughs> way it goes away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. You know,
1: you and you're trying to keep up with that, you know, and it's not, you know I'd rather have quality yeah. than quantity.
0: That's it. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. yeah. I agreed. I agreed. Oh my god, Ralph, I thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. I'm so uh I think we know each other but Three or four years now, something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I met you instantaneously, I, again, I was so excited to meet you because of, you know, you're my, my babysitter in my head. Yes. <laughs> when I was younger, yes. just running home, I was, oh my God, I think I was in second or third grade running home watching Watch it Mr. Box. Man. Watch it, man. And, and then to, to meet man. you in my adult years and, uh, I just took it back. But to, to see your, your growth and to see, The show and and what you're doing now. And, again, just people don't know behind the scenes how you're consulting and you're doing a lot of things. Yeah. And you're just making sure that you keep your brand relevant and, you know, leaving it for your your legacy. It's an amazing thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what it is at the end of the day. It's like, you know, it's not just about us. Sometimes sometimes we just think it's about us. You know, we have to think about our kids. That's right. Whoever you know that is still there, that there's a legacy, that there's an opportunity for to build some type of, uh, you know, empire or whatever it is, that you may be the person that knows that everybody else may not know that. So while you're here, try to build it up and do the best you can and be mindful of, you know, everybody can't handle what you do, you Mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. you know, like you know, I may be able to get out there and. Take the criticism and people yell at you and, you know, everybody's not built for that. That's right. You know, like I brush it off. It's no big deal to mm-hmm. me. But, you know, I try to be able to at least tell the people that are around me so they can see it. And, you know, if it's my daughter, if it's my brother, you know, if it's whoever, you know, that, you know, this is something that took work to build. And, you know, and don't take it personal. Right. You know, everybody goes through this.
0: Oh, one thing I want to also mention is your connectivity. I love the fact that you are, you're, you know, considered an empath, how mm. people like to mm. gravitate towards you. But then you also, you don't t- keep resources to yourself. Oh, if yeah. if you're, 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 you're the bridge and the gateway to so many people's careers. And, and just in general, uh even me, there's so many things that you've done for me. And just by, I'm like, hey, Ralph, you know, I'm trying to do this, you know, can you, and you're like, oh, okay, hold on, I'll call you right back. Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, whatever you're in or whatever the case may be, but, I think it's important and imperative for people to understand that your gifts are not, because that's a gift, your gifts are not your own. Right. You know, you were blessed with a gift right. of connecting people and bridging people together. And it's to be shared with uh, with other people on the same way. And people need to understand that. Sometimes you're in a position, certain positions, just to bless other people. Yeah. Just to put other people on so that they can elevate we
1: themselves. We don't own it.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a gift. So and, I, th- you know, I thank you for being, for being who you are in, in that. Thank you. You too. Yeah, no, I appreciate you for that so, Ralph, oh, my God, thank you so much for your time. I had a great time, in you know, the um, conversation. It's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm
1: glad to be on the, the Secrets of the Cell <laughs> podcast.
0: I'm,
1: I'm, I'm glad to be here because it's good people and, thank you. Um, you know, continue blessings in what you do. Oh, follow me at Video Music Box. Yes, and please. Everything else, Ralph McDaniels. Um, you know, I'm still out there. I'm still doing stuff. I still have fun with the with the music and everything.
0: That's right. That's <laughs> right. And you can still hire in for uh, consulting, DJing. And- yeah. Yeah. He's and uh uh music videos, anything that you anything related to just or even like a you're a historian. You're like a hip hop yeah. historian. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank I you. Stuff. I know a couple yeah. of things. <laughs> are you consulting on that hip hop museum that they're building in the Bronx? Absolutely. <laughs> or the- yeah. You are. I'm okay. On, so, I'm down yeah. with that. Yeah. If I was awesome. I
1: was there this weekend.
0: All right. All right. <laughs> That's uh, opening this year, right? Well, they
1: have the pop up till it, the, the the no, it's no, it's going to be three years. Oh. Um, because the groundbreaking, it's 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 not just a museum in that space. It's a park. It's affordable housing above it. It's three floors of a museum and affordable housing above it. It's a huge park. Um. What else is there? Um, a bunch wow. of stuff. So there's a lot, you know. Uh, Governor Cuomo just gave them three million, but that's like nothing compared right. to what it what takes to to make this happen. But um, they're they're fundraising, they're doing things, but they have a pop up called the Revolution of Hip, the Evolution of Hip Hop. That is right across the street from where it would be. It's in the uh, that Gateway Mall, I think it's called. No, it's a Gateway Mall. No, not Gateway. That's in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Um, It's right near Yankee Stadium. Okay. So there's a pop-up that's there now, and it'll be there. They've dedicated that space to them for three years until the actual oh, wow. museum is open.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, so it was a grand opening this weekend for that pop-up?
1: No, we oh. were doing a, a symposium on archiving and preserving hip-hop culture. Okay. And that was where we had the after party. So I was there Saturday night nice. with Grand Wizard Theater, DJing. And nice. a bunch of other uh, folks from around the country, from the University of um, Houston, from the, the Schomburg, um, all these different people who preserve and, and, and collect hip hop and right. you know stories and make sure that they're correct, correctly preserved and, right. and archived. So awesome. I was on a panel for that. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So please uh reach out to Ralph McDaniels on uh Video Music Box on his Instagram at Video Music Box and uh wish him a happy birthday. He just had a birthday. Pisces uh, season. <laughs> yeah, he just you had know a birthday. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and again, I, I salute you, I respect you so much, I I adore you so much because you are just you're, you're amazing inside and out and um I think you're you're phenomenal. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Come on, they can make me like <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank no,
0: <laughs> definitely. So uh thanks again for tuning in to Secrets of the Cell. If you want to reach me, feel free to send me a, a DM on uh, at Secrets of the Cell. I have a, a dedicated page for that now, as well as uh, you can send me an email, jmorealty at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in. Take care. Bye-bye.